0: Thank you for once again tuning into the Sports Ethos Those Mets podcast. As always, this is your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. I am once again joined by my two co-hosts, Anthony Ditmar, that's anthonyditmar underscore on Twitter, and Joe Farrow, that is SwampDragonStan on Twitter. What is going on, fellas?
1: What's good, bro? What's good, bro? How you doing? I couldn't be better, but we'll get into that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I'm still on a. I'm still on a high. I saw Spider Man last night. It was amazing. So amazing, amazing. still, still on a bit of a high from that, but doing real good. A bit of a high just from that, Joe? Or <laughs> yeah, not yet. Just from that. Don't worry.
0: Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday was a pretty quiet day, and that's media, so we don't have too much to talk about. But oh, before yeah. we dive into it, Anthony, we always start with around the league.
1: I mean, you could go. It's, we could be here for 10 days if you go into everything. But So, yeah, basically, everyone and anyone in the NBA has COVID. Um, 20% of the M- NBA active players have COVID. A lot of notable names. We saw uh, what's it called. Obviously, the Nets are affected by it, but we'll get into that after. Notable injuries. Yeah, just pretty much everyone has COVID. Anthony Davis got injured yesterday um, with an knee contusion. And yeah, pretty much, it, it, we'd waste our time saying who actually has COVID. So, basically, just say, yeah, so now everyone has it.
0: There are very few NBA teams that are not affected by COVID right now. I think like 20% of the league is either tested positive or in health and safety protocols.
2: So 20% 20% is in protocols. I know that for a protocols. fact. Yeah. Um, and uh, Anthony Davis, they did say that the early uh, tests show that there's no structural damage in his knee, which is good. I, yeah.
1: I was gonna, obviously, you don't want to see guys get injured. Obviously, it's a Nets rival, but you want to play teams full strength, especially with that Christmas Day game coming up against the Lakers next uh, Saturday. Hundred um, percent.
0: So, kind of feeding off the COVID news, um, I'm whoever seen my Twitter. You guys know I was lucky enough to go to the game against Toronto on Tuesday. So we last spoke on the podcast when Paul Millsap went to health and safety protocols, and I was pretty nervous because. I come from Connecticut, so, like, I have a two-and-a-half-hour commute to the game, have to park in Brooklyn, Uber to the stadium, so it was a pain in the ass. I wake oh. up to go to work Tuesday, and I'm like, oh, okay, like, there's no news yet, it has broke, and then, boom, it felt like the entire Nets roster went on the COVID protocols. So I was like, all right, we're good, Kevin Durant, James Harden, they're still playing, so, like, the trip will be worth it still. And then I get the news that Kevin Durant is questionable with an ankle injury. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I got these tickets. I haven't been to a game. I really want to see Kevin Durant out of anyone. Well, my friend's like, not nah, Like, we're still going. We're still going. It'll still be fun. So like, whatever. I personally wanted to sell the tickets because that was incredibly salty. But I did it. <laughs> so, after a miserable drive through rush hour in New York City, Brooklyn, getting honked at like 15 times New York traffic. Gotta love it. We finally get to my other friend's apartment in Brooklyn. We finally, after 35 minutes, find a place to park on the side of the street, which was also a nightmare. (laughs) And we are in the Uber to the stadium. I want to say it's got to be 630, 640-ish by now when I get the news that James Harden and Bruce Brown go into COVID protocols while I'm in the Uber to the stadium. And I immediately think if Kevin Durant does not play, the Nets have seven players. This game is getting postponed. I drove to New York City for goddamn nothing. (laughs) And I was about to be incredibly, incredibly upset. And then Kevin Durant saved us, saved me and my trip, and saved the Brooklyn Nets. But we'll go into the Toronto game after. But obviously COVID is affecting the teams it's also affecting fans the stadium was pretty empty when I got there at first and then it ended up filling up um, I don't know if a lot of the locals were kind of waiting to see if the game was even going to be played before they got into the stadium but there was about five minutes till tip-off and the stadium was like completely empty and then by the second quarter it was completely full so it was kind of strange but before we go more into the actual gameplay of the Toronto Raptors, um, I just kind of wanted to share that because it was kind of wild that they were
2: pretty close to postponing that game. Yeah, that that whole – those few hours leading up to the game was pretty wild. Like, we we thought we were going to be pretty okay considering we still had the guys like KD, Bruce, uh, Harden, Patty, Claxton, and then all the – and then Blake, we figured we knew would actually have to be back into the rotation, which he has played very well since. But he, uh, but going into all that, he, uh, we were just like, okay, I think we should still be able to survive the Raptors with this team. Then the Harden and Bruce go into protocols, and then all hell breaks loose. KD's questionable game almost got postponed. <laughs> And I was sitting there. I knew Cody was on his way to the game. I knew he had a long commute. I'm like, oh, man, I feel so bad for Cody. If this game gets postponed, <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that's a shit show. So, yeah. so I'm, glad, I'm glad they played, and I'm glad that you were able to see it.
0: It's not even the commute there. It's the commute back that sucks because it's late. i want to go to bed. I got work in the morning. If I didn't get to see a game, I would have been pissed. But <laughs> all worked out. Obviously, I saw a great game. But before we dive into any recaps, there is some other kind of small news that we need to talk about. Um, Kyrie mother effin' Andrew Irving is back.
1: Oh, geez. That that gave me clean, sweet vibes.
0: (laughs) Is back. Half back. Dropped yesterday. Half back, but
1: okay. (laughs) A little less less than half, actually, but
0: yeah. Um, So, obviously, he is starting to ramp up with the Nets, go through all the COVID testing. He has to have five negative tests in a row before he is allowed to play. There are reports that he is in good shape. He kept good basketball shape. I know people have been tweeting like memes at me, not memes, but of how he stayed in shape from playing flag football or (laughs) stuff like that. But Kyrie Irving even said himself or got leaked that he was in good shape. Um, So five days. I I don't want to put it out there, but could we possibly see Kyrie Irving on Christmas against the Los Angeles Lakers?
1: What a Christmas gift that would be. Honestly, that would be – I was hyped for this Laker game going into the season. The Lakers' poor play obviously put a little damper on that and no having no Kyrie. But if Anthony Davis gets healthy and then Kyrie tests positive, we could have a really fun Christmas Day gift. From- Test negative.
2: Test negative. Bro, 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 bro. Anthony,
1: put that into <laughs> the world, man. I might have to kick you out of here. <laughs> for what? You like said, <laughs>
2: "If Kyrie tests positive, and I meant <laughs> negative. Oh my God, I'm so sorry.
1: You know what I mean. You know what I meant by that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. I want to play really badly. It'd be a great Christmas gift for Nets fans. Um, this thing has been like a dark cloud hanging over the organization for like the entire season, despite the team's good play. You, you the, I think what came down to it. I know Tessai and Marks are really strong. I think they're trying to. They were, first. They were trying to force Kyrie to be a full-time player. Obviously, that we'd rather have him play all the games." But I think it's a good first step because honestly, like anything of Kyrie Irving is better than nothing of Kyrie Irving. And I think if he's, once he starts playing, he's going to be around the guys. I think he's going to be like, I want to play all these games. And I think based on the workload hard and Katie have been doing so far, it's going to be good for everyone. I think it just makes the most sense to win a championship.
2: Yeah. Uh, Ian Begley was on uh, SNY and he, uh, he, he, uh he put out into the world and said one uh, big influence within the next organization said that we need Kyrie Irving to get where we need to go. So basically, KD told Mark, since I, you better let Kyrie Irving come back right now. <laughs> so, And uh, thank, thank heavens for that, because I, I'm very excited to see Kyrie back. He needed to test, as of yesterday, he needs to test negative in five consecutive days before he could come back and he was ramping up. And the Nets leave on a four-game road trip in six days. So maybe Christmas Day is a possible debut date for Kyrie Irving. Because, I mean, if he doesn't play that first road game against Portland because of him ramping up, that would be huge for him to debut on Christmas. The NBA would want nothing better rating ratings-wise. So that would be huge, and that would be so much fun and a great Christmas gift for us. I agree, yeah. The timing is it's perfect. <laughs> Um, Impeccable. <laughs> I also,
0: just a little side note on this, I expect that the Nets, with Kyrie Irving being around, as long as he's unvaccinated, and I believe that they will keep the new rules that the NBA just uh, put into place with wearing a mask and getting daily testing. Obviously, Kyrie Irving's out to wear a mask and get daily tested regardless, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets make the rest of the players on the team do that just to try to keep Kyrie as safe as possible. Yeah, Absolutely. There's a, uh, there's a lot of fans, uh, I guess fans, I don't know if they're haters disguised as fans, that aren't happy about this news, saying that the Nets Caves um, ownership gave in to another selfless, selfish superstar, and that this isn't the best news coming in the middle of a pandemic. Um, yes, you could say that but at the end of the day like this is what the Nets players and coaches wanted and they're the ones that are around him so you have to support it no matter where you stand on which has unfortunately become a political issue but at the end of the day Kyrie Irving's back that's all that matters to me should all be all that matters to any NBA fan I just want to see him on the court like I said before he's my favorite players to watch play by far and little sneak peek I will be in Boston on March 6, watching Kyrie Irving play against the Boston Celtics. So that is one benefit of living in Connecticut. Boston is actually closer to me than New York City, so I will make sure I am at that
2: game. Yeah, they. I mean, and people gotta realize this wasn't a split second decision that they're just that they're just oh, Kyrie's gonna come back now. This has been something that's they've been deliberating for a while. And what was it? It was last week when Sham said that there's been. Uh, more like more internal discussion about letting Kyrie back into the team. So this is just, this is before all the COVID stuff hit. They wanted to do this and he wants to, Kyrie wants to be back. He wants to play all, all of his teammates want him back. They've said this so many times throughout the season, the coaches always have said throughout the year that they would welcome him back with open arms. So it's just like, you can't, you can't even be mad at it. This is something that everybody in the organization wants, but. The timing is very odd. It's very funny that it took the entire team getting COVID for an unvaccinated Kyrie Everybody <laughs> to come back.
1: It <laughs> honestly is funny, it's so ironic. But yeah, like you said, <laughs> just to Just jump off your point. I think like over time, I think he's gonna realize, like come playoff time at least, that it's gonna be make sense for him to play all the games. That's what I th- that's my prediction. Like, I don't know if it's actually gonna happen because you how do you want to like do you do you want a lower seed then for a playoff run? You know what I'm saying? Imagine sure the a game seven and you can't have Kyrie Irving play. Uh, that's my prediction. I think it's a. I think this is better than him just sitting at home because at least he's getting into shape. And my main point was that KD is fourth in minutes per game in the NBA, and Harden's eighth. That's not sustainable. Like you can't do that. You don't want to run Kevin Durant to the ground.
2: Yeah, and that's I and that's you. what Andre with said. He goes, he goes, and they're already great right now. He's like, and he's like, you. If there's an option for a part-time player with Kyrie Irving's talent, you do it you you need that talent on the floor for your team.
1: Iguodala and, loves uh, Kyrie. I, I noticed
2: that. <laughs> what happened?
1: I, I noticed Iguodala loves Kyrie.
2: Oh yeah, he does. He said Kyrie, he said Kyrie's my man.
1: <laughs> he said Kyrie's <laughs> but, the best point guard of all time. That's why I said that too.
2: Yeah. Uh and um he it's I just lost my train of thought. Never mind keep my going.
1: Bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, <you're
0: dead. laughs> Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, I agree with Anthony um, that I think even just being around the guys will be a good influence on Kyrie ultimately getting vaccinated and being eligible to play in all of the games. I don't really think sitting at home kind of just who knows what he was doing was the best decision. I actually tweeted out at the time that it was a bad, bad decision by the Mets. And I don't know if they came to think that is true or if they just changed their mind on it. They saw your tweet, though. Regardless,
1: it's not, it's not I'm very happy
0: at this point. Right. Which, like you guys said, the minutes being played is unsustainable. And you got to think about the long term goal. Having Kyrie around even half the time, especially being able to practice and then go on the road, is going to be a huge boost to a team that is already first place in the Eastern Conference.
2: A lot, a lot we, of scary hours coming our way.
1: Scary hours now, indeed.
0: Hell yeah. This is what we've all been waiting for. Like,
1: <laughs> ever since
0: we've said it on the pod multiple times, we've been robbed of great basketball since this group of three play- players have come together. They haven't been able to play much, and we could finally, finally be able to see it.
1: Fingers crossed. Don't jinx it.
2: <laughs> yeah. But my one other thing I wanted to bring up is James Harden and his struggles, on the road at least, are going to go away very soon. <laughs> very soon well, much attention is going to be on James Harden. we are going to see the insane floor general James Harden that scores at the times that he wants to, when he will score as many, as much as he wants, because he will be, he will have the freedom to pass to Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant right now. He only has one of those options and there's more spacing, well, I was just gonna everything, say it. everything basketball wise is going to be beautiful, at least for now on the road for the Nets.
1: Yeah, spacing yeah. will be nice. Joe, oh, are yeah. you reading
2: directly off my Twitter, man? <laughs> no, I would, dude, I was actually so mad when you tweeted that. I was like, bro, I was right. I was literally about to say this on the pod, and he tweets it five minutes before we were about to record. <laughs> I, I, bro,
0: I had to get it out there before some of these Nets guys on Twitter are like, oh, you're stealing my tweets. But, anyways, let's not go into that. Let's. Yeah transition into the rafters game obviously like i said i had a first-hand experience shout out to socio hoops for giving me sweet tickets it was amazing the view was great right at center court i got to watch the players warm up which i tweeted out that kevin durant came onto the floor dunked the basketball once and then went back into the locker room and wasn't back on the floor until there was about three minutes left in layup line so i was kind of concerned about that but Obviously, Kevin Durant came back, and he was just fine. Um, He's absolutely incredible. Um, The Nets started off the game very well, scoring the basketball in the first half. Um, The rookies were amazing. Can't say enough about Kessler Edwards and David Duke. Um, They both recorded double-doubles and were absolutely fantastic. We'll see a good amount of them tonight, assuming David Duke plays. And Blake Griffin. This is kind of the coming out and return of Blake Griffin this game. Kwame is everywhere. (laughs) What what up, Anthony?
1: Kwame is back.
0: Kwame Griffin will maybe be retired. We might not be able to call him that anymore. If he
2: has another game like he did. Like he did uh, against the Raptors, I I'm gonna have
1: to retire. <laughs> good, bro. We're, we're literally the reason why then all the Nets role players are having turnarounds. <laughs> <laughs> there's, one, there's one. person we can't fix, but we don't talk about yeah. that. There's one.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Blake was. He played defense. Obviously, he was taking charges. That man at 13, six, and five. He hit two threes. He was four, six from the field. There was actually a time in the beginning of the game, I don't know if it was Nets fans or if it was Raptors fans that snuck into the stadium, but when Blake was shooting foul shots on two occasions, they were chanting overrated at him. And I was just, I was confused because, like, obviously he's not in his prime anymore. He's just a role player at best, so, like, I don't get it. But anyways, um, the third quarter, once again, gave the Nets absolute fits. They gave up 44 points, which is just obviously absurd to give up in any quarter. Um, but ultimately, they took that punch to the mouth, and they were able to come back in the fourth outscore of 29-20. Obviously, Patty Mills hit that huge, huge clutch three that sent the Clays rocking to ultimately send the game into overtime. I believe there was 12 seconds left when he hit it, and there was about a half second or a second left on the shot clock. And then Kevin Durant does what Kevin Durant does. And the Raptors miss. They heave at the buzzer for the Nets to win 131 to 129. What would you guys take from the game watching it on TV with broadcasting, et cetera?
1: Um, I think for me, I did not think our rookies were as NBA ready as they were like i understand when like eight guys play people's numbers don't look good but just from like the eye test like kessel Edwards looks like a player like we've been like talking about guys like the nets the three and d guy at the deadline like someone like terrence ross but like the nets may have that internally kessel edwards has the length and like the size he had some nice putbacks he can shoot the ball at a respectable rate David Duke looks great too. He, could be, I'm not sure if he's like there's. Spot, I'm not sure if there'd be spots for these guys in the rotation, but like honestly, the Nets know they have depth. So like if they need to give guys rest throughout the season, which they now they, they get, obviously are forced to right now, they can honestly just plug these guys in and they're like NBA ready, sharp, maybe like a little bit of a project, but like I thought we thought it was just Cam Thomas. I think the Nets really found some gems and Shaw marks really is great at finding guys like in random parts of the draft. We saw with Levert. Being a late first rounder, Jared Allen was like a mid-lottery mid, uh, guy. We saw Dinwiddie on draft the free agent. Like, the Nets really have an eye for talent. So that was my biggest takeaway. And like I said, Blake looks great. I think Claxton, honestly, like, he can't come out of the starting lineup. Like, he's just – his defense is too vital for the Nets. And he just plays all around great. And, yeah, Patty Mills just – I think he's, he's moving up my tiers of favorite role players ever. He may be passing Uncle Jeff very soon. Like, nothing towards Uncle Jeff. Oh. Patty Mills just – he's insane. Like he's so, so he's so likable. It's like holy shit! Like every time he shoots the ball, it's going in. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually surprised when Patty Mills
2: misses a shot at this point. But I, I agree with a lot of what you said. A lot of these role players that or the young guys that we have on this team seem to be a lot better prepared than we all thought they were. And a lot of that probably goes into being able to practice with Kevin Durant and James Harden every day and watching them operate. Uh, it's Kessler Edwards. I, I fell in love with that guy. He is fantastic. He's a hustle 24 seven. He's like, he's his rebounding ability is very, is very underrated at this point. I mean, like he hasn't, he hasn't played a lot, but like he is a tenacious rebounder, especially for his size. What is he? Six, seven, six, eight. And he is just, he is contending for every single rebound, trying to put the ball back up. It's, the guy, he's very, very fun to watch, and he can definitely shoot at a respectable rate. He's a guy that I definitely not mind having in the rotation moving forward. I don't know if there's a spot for him, but, man, that he is a lot of fun.
0: Uh, I think with everyone coming back, the rookies, obviously, we won't see Kessel Edwards play 44 minutes. We won't see David Duke play 38 but I could still see these kind of players getting thrown into a game, especially the regular season when the Nets are just kind of lacking like energy or effort and kind of giving the team a a boost because they all play hard. They're not afraid of anyone and they are definitely capable NBA talent players. And I, I want to say Kessler Edwards out of all the rookies the Nets have all four that he has the highest upside of any of them. I'm sorry, Cam Thomas, but, Just Kessler Edwards is, she's kind of Kawhi esque to me. I don't want to compare that because that's a big comparison, but that's kind
2: of who I see as a young player right now. Yeah, it's just like we know what Cam Thomas can do. Like we know he's going to be an elite scorer, whether it's a start, whether it's in a starting role or if he's a guy that, or if he's a guy that's just like off the bench for most of his career. I'm putting up like 19 off the bench as a six man of the year candidate every single year. But Kessler Edwards, he has the ability to have a completely well-rounded game all over the place. And with his size, I don't think that Kawhi – like, the Kawhi play style comparison I could completely agree with. I could definitely see that down the line.
1: Yeah, we thought K was the only guy that was going to be, like, a contributor on draft night. Me personally, I was like, why are we drafting four people? Like, we're, like, a championship-level team. We should, like, consolidate these picks to hire one or move them for other stuff because, like, why are we going to roster four of them? And I was wrong. Like, Sean Marks, like – Sorry for your cut <laughs> Yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, just one more quick thing. I think it was Joe who was, like, uh, practicing around Kevin Durant and James Harden. It's, like, a huge boost to the rookies, which obviously it is. And something I noticed in the game against – I think it was Toronto. I can't remember if it was Toronto or Philly now. But De'Ron Sharp got called for a defensive three seconds. He noticed it about a half second too late because he tried to get it out of the paint. And Kevin Durant immediately came over and dapped him up and was like, you're good, man. Just next play, next play. So that's even the leadership that does, that goes unnoticed because Kevin Durant hasn't always been the most vocal. Um, even though I can't remember which Nets player said it, but they said he's been more vocal recently with all the players out. But that's it was just Claxton. Kevin Durant. It was Claxton. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've seen Kevin Durant obviously take on that more like joking role with Cam Thomas with the media But it really plays a big part for these rookies to have the confidence of a player who is, in many people's opinion, especially mine, the best player in the world. Um, Is there anything else you guys want to talk about with this Raptors game? I think we nailed it. it? Yeah. So let's jump into Philly. Um, Kind of the similar story, to be honest. It feels like every Nets game follows the same exact script. (laughs) But. The Nets came out, put a huge hurting on Philly early. Um, I think I think it was Kevin Durant that said those guys took us lightly because we only had eight or nine players. Um, And then Philly did get themselves back into the game, of course, in the third quarter. No surprise there, outscoring the Nets thirty-one to nineteen. But. In the end, in the fourth quarter, in clutch situations, once again, Kevin Durant was too much to be stopped. And that's all I really have to say. It's just when you have Kevin Durant and you're close with five minutes left in the game, you have a very, very good chance of winning that basketball game. And like I said, that's that's all I have to say. It's just Kevin Durant, incredible. And whenever he's playing, I believe
2: the Nets are going to win. If KD puts up a shot in the fourth quarter and it doesn't go in, I am surprised. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the point of that. It's just like that four-point play he had to put us up three. Uh, no, to put us up four, actually. We were tied at the time. And yep. then and then the dagger that he hit where he just uh, has a little hesitation. The mid-range got over the wing and put up a floater over uh, – Put up like a, almost a floater from mid range over Embiid to seal it, and put us up, put us up like uh like thirteen or something like that with like thirty seconds to go. It was just like Kevin Durant; he's he's phenomenal. You can't say enough good things about him. And then then when we're dribbling the clock out, he's on the other end of the court telling Philly to get their shit out of here. So <laughs> much fun. so much fun. I love, I
0: love that. that guy. Um, just one quick thing before uh, Anthony talks once again, Blake Griffin. Want to get props? Seventeen and nine, and I think Blake Griffin is actually the one that hit the dagger when KD got double team at to the top of the key, and Blake hit that huge three. I think that put the Nets up seven.
2: I think they're up four at the time. Yeah, but then they just kept piling on after for the next right. like, three possessions. They scored like four straight possessions in the last two minutes when, and then I don't think I don't think Philly scored in that possession. Maybe they have one bucket, but. Yeah, Blake. That Blake three was huge, and you know what it is? It's the shoes. He brought back the custom uh, McLovin's from last <laughs> year. It's the shoes. He wore them again. I was like, oh, that's exactly what it is.
0: That's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, like that. Like they like said, the fourth quarter, Kevin Durant stuff is just becoming unreal at this point. It becomes an automatic bucket. Not like he's not one already, but just takes it to another level. Um, what I noticed about this game that like Cody told me like Cody tweeted about, like not what I noticed, but what I always feel when we play Philly is like that bad blood from that series, the year the Nets kind of had like their upcoming with like the D in Whitney Harris here. I just think I still have bad blood for those guys. Joel Embiid just bothers me when we play him. It's also crazy. He's always questioned when he plays the Nets and always ends up playing, but that's a different story. But whatever we feel, I'm happy. Like, honestly, I was not. I was going to the game, like, thinking, like, yeah, we have Kevin Durant, best player in the world, but Philly's a good team, so it may be tough to beat him shorthanded. Because I knew against the Raptors, we kind of had a good chance because, like, they're not a great team. But in this game, I was so pleasantly surprised to see, like, the kids play well again, Claxton Blake is definitely in the rotation. I don't know if you remember my hot take from last week, but I said Blake Griffith is going to pay himself back into the rotation. So I'm going to take a W on that one.
0: Nah, man, you were a week late. Like we can't count that. You, <laughs> yeah.
1: you can take a W at all your. Picks. I think he was going to play. I didn't know it'd be for like injury purposes, but I, Blake did end up playing against Houston last week, so I'm taking that. <laughs> I'll take a. I'll take a point five. Um, all right. Thanks very much. Man, my
2: I, net- I, I'm so surprised that Cam hasn't dropped 20 yet. I'm still kind of upset about that. I don't know. <laughs> tonight's tonight, man.
1: I Maybe, yeah. The sure. gonna be one.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna request a layover on that prediction, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the Nets, uh the Nets are great. Honestly, they they they're playing well. They beat they're beating teams. I thought like like Philly and Toronto, like the easy for the lost those games with the guys down, but they ended up being resilient and they won. And now they have Orlando tonight with like a million players out. So I, I have no clue tonight's game is literally just crap. so I have no clue the house playing both teams of like 10 guys out. So it's literally gonna be like a G League contest. But they have, they're playing an injured denver team Sunday too. So they can easily make this a really, really good homestand. And they want they made an emphasis to play better at home because they were like nine going to this homestand before they were like nine, no, like nine and two or something on the road, and like eight and five at home. So like they definitely wanted to right. play home court a little better. So
0: yeah, I really think the Nets are kind of taking on that identity where they feel as long as we can hang around with the team, especially with Kyrie and Harden out, it kind of went to more full effect. If we can hang around with the team until there's about five minutes left in the game, Kevin Durant will win us the basketball game. Yeah, so We've seen it time and time again this season. It was kind of like the identity the Warriors had, but they just did it in the third quarter instead of the fourth where the games would be close and then, boom, they would just kill the team and it would be over. The Nets just seem to like to make the game a little more interesting and make us wait
2: for that. They don't they're they they do not care about people's spreads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they have um I'll just run through the injury report real quick. Harris obviously yep. is still out, and then within protocols is Aldridge, Bembry, Brown, Carter, Harden, Johnson, and Millsap. KD and Patty are both resting tonight. Uh, and then David Duke Jr. and Clax. David Duke is probable with left hip soreness and Claxton is questionable with wrist soreness. So, it seems that uh James Ennis and uh, and Shaquille
1: Harrison might have to suit up tonight. James Ennis revenge spend? game. <laughs> it's a James Ennis revenge game.
2: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's what yeah. I was going to
2: say about that's what I was going to say about Philly how we always uh it always feels good to uh, beat him because we are still trying to revenge Jared Dudley to this day. <laughs> Jared Dudley that,
0: and Jared Allen took a mean bow to the face and got yeah, laughed yeah. at by indeed. Um, but yeah, Joe kind of just mentioned the replacement signings. They signed Links and Galilee and did the hard shipping engine. He he looked solid. He's pretty much a capable knockdown shooter. And then they got Shaquille Harrison and James Ennis. I was pretty surprised that James Ennis hasn't been on a roster. But yeah. I kind of got flamed a little bit on Twitter for that. Everyone's saying he's trash, but I guess we'll see. When he drops
2: 20 tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. When he, I'll get my uh, revenge tonight. But before we go into a little preview, even though we kind of stepped on Orlando, um, I just want to go through some Twitter questions we got real quick. Um, so from at Nick Citro, that is my boy from high school, uh, which players will see a reduce in their role with Kyrie Irving back? So right off the bat, I think of guards. So unfortunately I think of Patty Mills, obviously taking a diminished role, which should be expected. Um, I think he's still going to play in the mid twenties for minutes, but I think he's obviously going back to his bench role. Yeah. And I would like to see him and Lamarcus Aldridge kind of play together on that bench role with Claxton starting. Now there's going to be plenty of offense. Um, in addition to that, I think the days of Javon Carter are completely dead. Which Thank I Lord. think they were. I think they were dead regardless with how well the rookies have been playing. But I think they're dead. I also don't believe Cam Thomas will be playing in the mid twenties for minutes anymore. I think he's going to come back a little bit. Um, I think Kyrie Irving is a little better at that role of getting buckets at this point <laughs> in their
2: careers. <laughs> maybe
0: like just a li-
2: maybe just a little bit. <laughs>
0: Cam, one day you'll get there. Keep grinding. Uh, but those are kind of the names that come off right offhand. Are kind of those guards that have seen an uptick in minutes that I don't think is going to be sustainable.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with everything you said, Pat. Uh, recently, Cam has been playing like twenty-five minutes a game, and Patty's been playing like thirty-five. So, you give you give Kyrie those thirty, you put uh, Patty at like twenty-three, and then you put Cam down to like fifteen and.
1: And then that's probably where it's going to go. Yep, I
2: agree. Anthony, I, would say, I, would say?
1: Kyrie, I would assume Kyrie's going to get a little bit of ramp-up, too. Uh, I feel like Kyrie may play like 20 to 25 at first. Yeah, once for sure. yeah. self, Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Um, another question from Tom Steadman7. Do you think Kyrie's return could potentially mean an extension may happen either at the end of the season or during the season? Um, I think – if he's fully back, an extension during or it has to be at the end of the season now. Um, an extension is definitely probable. If it's part time, I think it's a little tricky, but I don't want to answer that. I think that we'll leave that up to Sean Marks. He has gained my trust. What do you guys think?
1: I think mean, you hit it perfectly. I think if he's fully vaxxed and like you know you could play him, and pay him in the future. I think he definitely wants to back, and Katie and Hardy would want him back but right. if not, it does get a little cloudy because he does have a player option, so I don't know if he take that and then see what happens. I don't know who think he get the open market. It'd be, re- it'd be really weird, but let's focus on the championship first. <laughs>
0: I agree. Let's focus on being happy that he's finally back and we'll worry about yeah. the extension when it gets
2: there.
1: These steps. Yeah,
2: I-, I completely agree with both you guys. I feel the exact same way.
0: All right, and then one last question from Anthony. I think it's Giulianti. Don't want to butcher that, but Um, Now that Kyrie is at least halfway back, which players do you think the Nets target in the trade slash buyout market? Honestly, I think Kyrie Irving solves every single problem that the Nets faced. Um, So I don't really think they are going to feel the need to trade a player like Claxton anymore to get someone or a player like Cam Thomas. I think they're going to try to keep those youth guys. So if anything, I think it's going to be the buyout market. And I would still like to see the Nets try to add another ball handler, whether it's, I, dare I say, Kemba Walker. I'll probably get a lot of shit for that, but I still think he has some game in a limited role. Um, John Wall, if anything happens there, still Goran Dragic. I think it still remains the same kind of players for me as it did before Kyrie, but now it's more of just an insurance policy as opposed
2: to needing them to go out and play every single night.
1: Yeah, he yeah, didn't get that well. I
2: believe – I think that Kyrie coming back is probably – now Brooklyn might be less appealing to those guys too. Right. Just because, I mean, Goran wants to play, but it's just like he doesn't like his situation. So, like, if Goran's right. coming, then he doesn't have, like, guaranteed minutes. I don't think – I don't know if he would be a guy that would want to come over here. John Wall has stated before that he wants to start. Um, so, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, Kemba – you just put your Yukon bias aside, and let's leave that alone.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's fair enough. I'll, I'll give you that one.
1: <laughs> so who's going to say Shabazz um, Napier next?
0: Yeah, bro, Shabazz, <laughs> maybe some Jeremy Lamb. Like, come on, show some Yukon guys some gosh damn love on this pod, you freaking New Jersey people. <laughs> um, all right, so those are the only three Twitter questions we had. Um, we very briefly talked about the Orlando game. Uh, several guys out. The Nets have 12. I don't know how many Orlando has. And then Denver. Let's just quickly review our picks for that. I have a win
2: on both of those games. Joe? I have a win against the Magic. Which, uh, and then uh, <laughs> and then I have a loss against Denver. All right. And
1: Anthony? I have win-win. Um, my my strategy is working so well. I'm up. <laughs> uh, right now it's five. I have five. Joe is four. Cody is three. I have a full slate of wins. That's a 22-design team, so honestly, they're both like crapshoots.
0: Yeah, freaking Anthony's got a gloat every day. Like, I don't even know I'm not even going to ask you anymore who you pick because I know it's a win. So, anything else you guys want to touch on briefly or you think we kind of hit the important topic since we last spoke? I think we have everything. I think we Basically, very excited to see Kyrie Irving. It's the news we've been talking about on the podcast pretty much every single episode. And we finally talked it into happening, I think. Just like Blake Griffin, James Johnson, now Kyrie Irving. What can't the sports Eagle Mets pods do?
1: Make Jevon Carter good. <laughs> that's, <laughs>
0: that's, so that's not going to be <laughs> possible because that man's not going to step foot on a basketball court. So well, bring, me, bring me Daniel House and we have Jevon Carter. How about that? Yeah, I saw that. That could be a good pickup. Um, he's got that James Harden tie, obviously, in Houston. So
1: we'll see. Isn't he the
2: one isn't he the one that got kicked out of the bubble for sleeping with the doctor? I think it was. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, bring him over here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thanks everyone for once again listening to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. Once again, this is your host, Cody Mallory. I am delighted to be once again joined by Joe Farrow and Anthony Dittmar. As always, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, tweet at us. We love going through questions at the end of the podcast. I truthfully kind of throw Anthony and Joe on the spot because I don't even tell them what the questions are until we get into it. So it's really like our first initial reaction. We don't research it. Or anything, so please tweet us questions, comment, like, and subscribe. Thank you everyone for tuning in once again.